Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judea and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowest state of the handmaiden. For behold, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who show him reverence from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. <clears throat> he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He kept the promise he made to his ancestors and came to the help of his servant Israel. He remembered to show mercy to Abraham and to all his descendants forever. Amen. And Mary remained with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Thank you, Debbie and Greer um, and our whole interpretive worship choir for their proclamation of our scripture this morning. Would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Just before um, the movements in our scripture for this morning, Mary is visited by an angel who tells her she will be the mother of the Savior her people have been promised. She sings this song praising God's love and justice, praising how God corrects all the things that are not as they should be. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. Mary's soul magnifies the Lord, and she rejoices in God, her Savior. Being that we are in a time of now and not yet, the Lord has done these things, and we are still waiting for them to be done. Advent is a time to pause, to stop and look around. Have you noticed? Are you paying attention? Not all things are as they should be. The Advent season is a magnifier for everyone, but in different ways. For some, it magnifies the good, the happy, the joy. And for others, it can magnify the hard things the pain, and the darkness. Um, this Advent, I'm navigating a bit of uh, burnout as I try to balance work and a chaplaincy internship, being a newlywed, and rest. 
I know at least a handful of clergy colleagues who are battling the same exhaustion for their own reasons. In the past month, I've had a friend who's experienced a miscarriage and another who is in California now um, telling her sister on hospice goodbye. These are, are hard things. Um, things are not as they should be. Um, and you all don't need me to tell you that things are not as they should be. I know that um, a lot of you are navigating exhaustion. A lot of you are navigating grief. Um, you or someone you know um, is facing the first Christmas without a parent or a child or a beloved pet. Other folks are preparing for their last Christmas with those loved ones. There are people without enough food to eat. There are people without shelter from the cold. War continues to rage in the Middle East and around the world. Some things certainly are not as they should be. And there are other things still that um, just aren't where we thought they would be. Maybe there's a relationship you thought would be better by now, but it's still strained. Maybe you're failing too many classes and have to leave school or didn't get the promotion you wanted this year. It's not the end of the world, but it still feels awfully disappointing. Things were not as they should be when God's people were in exile, longing for deliverance for generations before the Messiah was born. Things were probably not how Mary thought they would be when an angel appeared to tell her she would conceive and give birth to a son. But Mary also trusted that God is faithful to be with us when we are confused and afraid and not sure of what comes next. So she told the angel, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once preached, we all come with different feelings to the Christmas festival. One comes with pure joy as he looks forward to this day of rejoicing, of friendships renewed, and of love. Others look for a moment of peace under the Christmas tree, peace from the daily pressures of work. Others, again, approach Christmas with great apprehension. It will be no festival of joy to them. Personal sorrow is painful, especially on this day, he says, for those whose loneliness is deepened at Christmas time. And despite it all, Christmas comes. Whether we wish it or not, whether we are sure or not, we must hear the words once again Christ the Savior is here. The world that Christ comes to save is our fallen and lost world, none other. God is in the business of making things as they should be. In the times and the places where sin or illness or circumstance has broken and twisted them into something they should not be. In Psalm 89, the psalmist writes of God, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. God speaks through the prophet Jeremiah. I act with steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight. God's justice is known through the story of salvation history, especially through the liberation of God's people from slavery in Egypt and through the coming of Jesus. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection 
deliver God's people from bondage to sin and make a new covenant between God and God's people. I want to push back on a point Pastor Jabe made in his sermon last Sunday. Um, And you should know, I got his permission. I am not trying to talk about him on a Sunday. He is not here to defend himself. He said I could say this. (laughs) Last week, we heard how Isaiah 40 compares people to grass. In the winter here, we see our grass wither, going dormant until the spring. But people, unlike grass, do not go dormant. God indeed is the gardener, and it it works for the grass metaphor, um, but we do not go dormant. We die. The good news is that God is in the business of death and resurrection, not resuscitation. God does not take things that are broken and cobble them back together. Like Pastor Jabe said, God does not settle for things dying. They die but they are raised to life again. We are raised to life again. God makes all things new and makes them how they should be. In O Holy Night, there is the line, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. It's a beautiful reminder that with Jesus' birth, even as the world lay in sin and darkness, it was struck with a thrill of hope. The birth of any baby is an exciting moment, but the song goes on to remind us that this event was not a single joyful incident. The birth of Christ brought about a new and glorious day. That thrill of hope is the love that heals us when we are hurting. That thrill of hope is that God is with us. We are not alone. In the face of darkness and pain, we have a very real hope in the coming of our Savior who conquered death and darkness. That thrill of hope is Jesus Christ. That's what Advent is all about. God does not sit and wait for us to get our act together. God is a God of action who moves and comes to earth as a baby to rescue us. Even when our weary world seems full of things that are not as they should be, we can rejoice. We still worship the Lord. We sing praises to God because the Messiah has come and is coming. We can sing along with Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Between now and next week, we'll experience the longest night of the year. For many, the longest night, December 21st, is a night to reflect on the darkness and grief and pain that has been endured that year. Those of us who are weeping, God weeps with us. But even in the midst of the darkness, we have seen a great light, the light of the world. Each Sunday in Advent, we light an additional candle on our Advent wreath. Uh, Pastor Drew Colby recently preached about how we light the candle of hope, believing that someday Christ will destroy all hopelessness. We light the candle of peace, trusting that someday Christ will destroy all war and violence. We light the candle of joy, trusting that someday Christ will destroy all despair. 
We light the candle of love, trusting that someday Christ will destroy all divisions and hatred. Ultimately, when we light the Christ candle on Christmas Eve, it is because we believe Christ is coming to destroy all sin and death. The waiting we do during Advent is not sitting around twiddling our thumbs. The kind of waiting we do in Advent is active. It's bearing witness and giving testimony to the presence of Jesus in our midst. Things are not as they should be, which is exactly why we sing and shout for joy that Christ the Savior is born. The world needs God's love and hope and peace and joy now more than ever. After every Good Friday, there's an Easter Sunday. After every cross, there is an empty tomb. After every disappointment in this life, there is a God who is making all things new. That hope and that joy begins not with Easter, but with Christmas. The joy begins not with the empty tomb, but with the manger, with the shepherds, with Mary. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So let the songs of joy ring out. Reflect the abundance of God's goodness and light. Fill your prayers with grateful praise for God's faithfulness. Take time to delight in being together, whether online or in person. We sit in the tension of now and not yet. We're surrounded by hardship, suffering, and grief, yet we are called to witness to the persistent joy that sustains us as God's people. Before I close, I have to be honest with you all. When I started reading and praying and writing, this sermon was going to be about how we, like Mary, bring God to the world, how we are the hands and feet that God works through, how we participate in what God is doing. But I think that's a sermon for another time. Today is just about bearing witness to that work that God is doing. When the world is dark and painful and we are weary, if all we can do is look to God for help, then we have done enough. Like Mary, in the midst of all that is wrong in the world, we sing out the good news. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Let us pray. We all come to Christmas with different personal feelings. Joy, restlessness, apprehension, pain and loneliness. Despite it all, Christmas comes. The Son of God is born. The God of death and resurrection. The God of hope and peace and joy and love. May we never stop praising you for that.